Welcome back to another bonus episode of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. This is part 3 of popular anime that don't interest me. A few quick disclaimers I want to mention before we get started is the majority of what I've seen of these anime are from trailers or clips. So if I say something that's out of context or incorrect, be mindful I haven't actually watched these series. Second is just because a show isn't for me doesn't mean it's not good. So if your all-time favorite is here, chill, it's just my opinion. Third is just because I'm not interested now doesn't mean my opinion won't change. I mentioned in part 1 there were shows meant to be on this list that I did give a chance and really enjoyed. So if I ever did watch one of these anime in the future, I don't want this episode held against me. So starting off we have Haikyuu. My reasons are the same as everyone else's. I just can't see myself investing in 4 seasons of volleyball. I know everyone says that then end up watching and loving the show, but I'm not a sports anime guy and I doubt I'll ever give it a chance. Next is Fruits Basket. From what I've seen, this girl is living in a tent in the woods before being taken in by a family. It seems like a love triangle romance story, but then you throw in the boy shape-shifting when embraced by her, and it's like, what the hell is going on? Also from the clips I've seen, it appears the main girl ends up with the orange hair guy. He comes off as the complicated bad boy, but I'm rocking with the silver haired dude. So I'm not sitting through 63 episodes for her not to end up with the person I want. Next up is Hunter Hunter. I saw part of the first episode where Gon's fishing for a monster and it kinda looked lame so I bailed. Nothing I've seen since pulls me in, Gon's power of growing into a jacked adult is whatever like I'm surprised people find that cool. And the villains are a pedophile clown, a cat person, and lizard man wearing a turtle shell helmet. They seem more weird than intimidating. The one intriguing character is Killua. I feel the same about him as I did Genos and One Punch Man. Put them in a different series and they'd probably be my favorite character. Also, I'm not even sure what a hunter is, like do they go after monsters or is it more of a bounty hunting deal? My final excuse for not watching is I get pissed when a 12 episode series has a cliffhanger. Hunter Hunter is 136 episodes with no ending. I'd never willingly go into a series that doesn't have a definitive conclusion. Next is Violet Evergarden and I've heard nothing but great things from the amazing animation to its sad story, but that's where it lost me. I need to go into a series not knowing it's going to be emotional and then have it sprung on me. I have to be in a special mood to start a series knowing it will tug on the heartstrings, and it's rare but if I did get the itch to watch an emotionally taxing series, there are 4-5 to five others I'd want to check out before this one. Now like Dragon Ball Super in Part 2, Boruto will take up the majority of this episode. It's fairly popular and hard to avoid so I've seen a lot. Starting with character design, the kids are just a mixture of their parents. Boruto, Himawari, and Sarada aren't bad, the side characters definitely stick out more. I like to imagine the creator was close to a deadline and had to rush. Like alright, size pale, Eno's fair skin, let's make Enogen white as a ghost. Give him Eno's blonde hair and mind transfer jutsu, throw in size tiny blade and art skills, done. Choji's daughter will make her chubby like dad, here's mom's hair and skin tone, give her the same expansion powers, and on to the next one. Mirai, take her and eyes hair and eyes with Asuma's chakra blades, and we're finished. Oh shit, I forgot about Shikadai. Screw Tamari, just give him the Nara hair, IQ, and shadow possession. Like, it's difficult to see these new characters as their own person. Moving on to our old characters, I actually love Hinata's mom cut and would let her speak to my manager anytime. But jokes aside, both Hinata and Tsunade had breast reductions. I'm not coming at this from a fanservice angle, my question is why. I get anime can go over the top portraying females, but Hinata and Tsunade aren't unrealistic, like there are many women with the same figure. I guess I just don't get the point of desexualizing them when Eno gets to stay curvaceous in all the right places. Plus if it was the other way around and Sakura was given boobs instead of leaving her flat as a board, 
there would be a huge uproar on body positivity and how all sizes are beautiful. Which brings me to Anko, who they made overweight. Have her become unhealthy and is fine, but if they went the other way and had a fat character become slim, the SJWs would protest. I can already hear it. Why did she have to lose weight? Anko was an elite ninja and beautiful before she got skinny. They're pandering to the male fantasy. And wrapping up body sizes, Kid Choji wasn't even fat, I'd barely call him chubby. In Shippuden, he was a big boy but still sprints like a track star running from Payne's missile. And by the end of Shippuden, it looked like he was slimming down. Which is why I'm surprised Next Generation not only made him obese, but a complete slob. The man needs a salad and a haircut. And I don't know what the design team has against hair, but next is Gara. We watch him grow from a little demon with bedhead to the Kaze Kage. At no point in his life did it look like he knew what a comb was. Now you're telling me he wakes up every morning and parts his hair to the side? And I understand Gara is more powerful and creates sand from the earth around him, but I miss the big old gourd on his back. Now to the characters that need moisturizing jutsu. The stress of chasing brats around the academy aged Aruka horribly. Lady Mizukage was portrayed as a bitter old woman in Shippuden, now she looks like one. Her body is puffy but her face is wrinkled, how does that even happen? The only character done worse than her is Rock Lee, he's been smoking the rock. His face is sunk in, he's scrawny and looks 45. But then there's Kakashi and Guy who haven't aged a day. In addition to those two, Konohamaru, Kiba, Tenten, Sai and Ino's designs were all great. I'm not trying to be a complete hater and rag on everyone, so keep that in mind while I go in on our main three. I wasn't a fan of Naruto's shaved down hair in the last movie, but I'd take that over this bullshit any day. I miss the long spikes. Adult Naruto looks like he's growing a mullet in the back with their front hair just lying on his forehead. But you know what would cover up that wax style? A leaf headband. It pissed me off Naruto doesn't wear one, and I think the reason why is because of what it means to him. When Naruto fought Sasuke, he wanted them both rocking headbands to signify being on equal grounds as Shinobi of the Hidden Leaf, and he held on to Sasuke's for years after their first fight in the Final Valley. Go back to the first episode, Naruto wanted to try on Iruka's so bad, and when he earns it by mastering Shadow Clone Jutsu, Iruka gives him the headband off his own head. Having that specific one is special because we know how important Iruka is to Naruto, and he took a smack off Zabuza just to retrieve it. Maybe I'm attaching my own feelings towards it, but I always viewed the headband as something precious to Naruto, so seeing him without one is weird. Moving on to his clothes, Kid Naruto's orange jumpsuit is nostalgic, but my favorite fit is from Shippuden, especially with a red and black cloak. In the last movie, his clothes are more black with an orange accent, which I prefer, so I didn't like him going back to the majority of orange. Lastly, his Hokage cape is straight trash. I can't even pinpoint why. It shares Minato's color scheme and I love that cloak, but Naruto's just looks goofy. They also turn Naruto into a scrub. He's the strongest ninja ever and about to be the 7th Hokage, but gets wrecked when Himawari activates Byakugan. He saw her eyes from down the hall, but instead of grabbing the wrist, he jumps in in front of the strike. She put him down with one blow, but how does that even make sense when Kid Naruto came back to win a fight after all his chakra points were shut down by Neji, a Hyuga prodigy that learned rotation on his own? Now a day one Byakugan user knocks the newly appointed Hokage unconscious and causes him to miss the ceremony he's been looking forward to his entire life. This show does Naruto so dirty and there's more. I got all this information from a meme but supposedly unlike Kid Naruto, Boruto is extremely intelligent and gets perfect marks. At age 13 he has three chakra natures creating three new Rasengan variations and he learns Rasengan in a montage. We saw Naruto train for weeks across multiple episodes to form the Rasengan which made him finally landing it on Kabuto and winning the bet with Sonate so special. 
I also saw a clip of Kawaki ease through climbing trees by focusing chakra in his feet, and Boruto saying he found it easy too. That was such an amazing moment in the OG series because it showed Sakura is good at something and built Naruto and Sasuke's bond. They struggled together which led to one of my favorite shots when Sasuke's holding Naruto up after they're worn down from training. But in Boruto, these exercises are just brushed off as child's play. The next generation tuning exams is another disrespect to the OG series. Think about all the amazing fights we had in the past. Naruto vs Kiba where both had a great showing. Hinata standing her ground against Neji ending with four Jonin having to stop him from killing her, which led to Neji and Naruto a sick fight with a great message. Sakura and Ino was a stalemate but it gave some shine to their characters. Shikamaru demonstrates how he uses the environment to his advantage smacking the sound ninja girl's head off the wall, setting up him waiting for the sun to go down against Tamari and utilizing the hole left by Naruto to trap her. Then Rock Lee vs Gara. That fight is goaded and holds up to this day. Go back and admire the animation. Lee taking off the weights and standing unconscious still wanting to fight gets me pumped to this day. Now go from all of that to Sarada one-shotting her opponent in 3 seconds. I mean come on, even 10-10 lasted longer than 3 seconds. Next Generation is trying so hard to be like look how great these new characters are by downplaying things we love about the old series. And just to finish out the Chunin exam, Boruto cheating with a scientific ninja tool shows what a clown he is. And I saw a comment saying it was wrong of Naruto to expose his son in front of everyone, he should have taken him to the side and done it privately. Screw that, the twerp didn't cheat in a life or death situation to save someone, he used it in a tournament and against a friend. It wasn't just the design and skills of the characters I love that were butchered, their personalities were whack too. Naruto is a knucklehead but he knows the importance of family, especially a father and son relationship. He had something missing inside him filled by Aruka and Jiraiya, and meeting Minato meant the world to him. Which is why I found it unbelievable they made him a deadbeat dad. He's even got the wife making excuses for why he's not around, and even sent a shadow clone to his daughter's birthday party. Again, Naruto is dumb, but even he's smart enough to go to the party and send the clone to do his other duties. And Naruto wasn't the only garbage father in the Hidden Leaf, because Sasuke bails on his village and his family. He didn't even recognize his own daughter and almost killed her. Sasuke's goal as a child was to gain his father's admiration, but he robbed Sarada of that chance by not being around. And after the massacre, his goal was to avenge the family he lost, so I know he knows the importance of family. So again, it's just hard for me to believe with him knowing that pain that he still wouldn't be there for his family. Then both Naruto and Sasuke, after not having time for their own family, start caring for other kids. Sasuke trains Boruto and Naruto takes an award having all the free time to help them. And I've seen some clips recently where it shows Sasuke and Sarada bonding a little bit and Naruto's around more, but I just don't see why that was made a story element in the first place. The best fathers are usually ones that didn't have theirs around as a kid because they know what they missed out on. So they do better to be there for their children, which is how I feel Naruto and Sasuke should have been. I also have to comment on Sasuke's design, it was downgraded too. No matter how long his hair got, it always flipped up in the back. Now it's completely lame and flat just to cover his eye. And I like his cloak, but only because it covers up that corny vest he wears, the man looks like he's going to a wedding reception. Now I actually contemplated discussing these next points because they're more geared towards a Naruto review, but I'm never going to review the OG series because I'm the furthest thing from an expert, but could still talk about that show for hours and I'm just not investing that much time. So I might as well say it here, the two major complaints I hear about Sakura is she is a trash person and a useless ninja, and I couldn't agree more. 
Going off the top of my head, she insults Naruto for being an orphan to Sasuke, another orphan, and when Sasuke rejects her offer to hang out after defeating Zabuza, Naruto's just trying to be a nice guy like, hey Sakura, I'll do something with you, and she throws him off a bridge. And it might be filler, I'm going off memory, but there's a dungeon where Naruto saves Sakura from spikes coming out of the wall and falling down a trap floor. Then takes pinchers in the back to protect her, and she's still rude to him. She even tries to give Sasuke the credit for saving her from Gara because she can't believe Naruto was capable of helping her. I also can't count the amount of times she put hands on Naruto, most often undeservingly, and after he's exhausted from defeating Pain, she gut punches him. Like, why can't you just be normal for once and give him a regular hug? Then she toyed with Naruto's emotions, saying she loved him after Sai pointed out what a shithead she was for making him suffer over their promise. And something I always wanted to ask Sakura is if Sasuke's so awesome, why wasn't she screaming his name when Pain attacked the village? Oh, that's right, it's because Sasuke abandoned her and the village. The last time they had a real conversation, he karate chopped her neck and laid her out on a bench where anyone could have done anything to her. Then the next time they have a one-on-one -on -one interaction, Kakashi had to save her from getting chidoried by him, followed by Naruto having to save her from getting a slit throat. And the reason I bring this up is because after all that, Sakura still contemplates who she'd heal first if both Naruto and Sasuke were injured. Like, how is that even a thought in your head anymore? Then moving into her uselessness as a ninja, they claim the creator just didn't know how to write females, but I think that's bullshit. If you look at Sakura, her writing matches her skills. Sasuke excelled in both the practical and theory of ninja arts. Sakura wasn't great in the physical side, but aced the knowledge aspects and Naruto sucked at both, which is why they form a squad. Sakura is a shit ninja because she never tried to be a good one. She doesn't train to improve her taijutsu or ninjutsu. How many times do we see Naruto in his off time doing exercises in his room or out in the forest surrounded by kunai targets and practice dummies? Sakura on her days off runs errands for her parents and tries to find ways to get with Sasuke. I even saw a clip the day before recording this where Lee gave her some news and she's like, oh, I was planning on taking it easy today anyway. Even when finding something she's good at like chakra control, she didn't work hard until the time skip. Two years isn't going to get her close to Sasuke who's been working on fireball jutsu before he entered the academy, or Naruto who learned Rasengan and multi-shadow clone jutsu before puberty. Even when she does get trained, it's like Kakashi said in the second bell test, Sakura is strong but if the hit doesn't land she's not a threat, and Sakura rarely connects. Plus, in addition to the situations mentioned earlier against Sasuke, there's the very popular clip where Naruto uses Sai's sword to take on the two Cloud Ninja, with him and Sai flowing pretty well together for not training a lot. Then Sakura jumps in, gets washed, and Naruto has to catch her. I have all those examples in my mind, but I can't think of any time Sakura was the main component to solve an issue. And in the war, Naruto even healed Kakashi's eye, taking away the one thing she's good at. But I will say, people like to downplay her victory over Sasori because Granny Chiho controlled her but I'll give her that she did beat a member of the Akatsuki. Adult Sakura has the Uchiha crest plastered on her house, which is fine until you realize it's not like Sasuke lives there. Plus she's wearing it on her clothes like bra, you're not an Uchiha. And the last character design I want to mention is Sarada wearing glasses as an Uchiha is stupid. She only has them for the cheap side story of if she's Karin's or Sakura's daughter, but her bad vision is caused by illness at birth. That sounds like Sakura's weak genes to me. Now the Sakura bashing does have a purpose, I thought Next Generation did well giving her shine and showing growth. I actually enjoyed her as a mother and something I'm disappointed in is Sarada not inheriting Sakura's pink hair. The Narutoverse has pretty regular hair colors, it'd be nice to see the pink carry on. Sakura's fight against Shin was great and the reason why is because the creators didn't go overboard trying to big her up. 
Her taijutsu isn't amazing, it's a lot of looping punches, but it showed an ability to take damage and use strategy putting a paper bomb on the cylinder she threw. Having her take on someone with Sharingan is totally believable. She came up under Kakashi and is with Sasuke, so she's super familiar with them. And Sasuke saying he knows how powerful his wife is was great. Keeping with the positives, the action piece of Konohamaru and Jugo is sick. He's ducking and dodging and put the chakra blade through Jugo's cheek, then finished off with a good old Rasengan to the face. Naruto and Sasuke vs Momoshiki was awesome. The animation was deadly. The taijutsu was dope. And I'm not even a fan of the big creature bullshit, but watching Kurama with the purple Susano armor slash through the giant lava rock monster was awesome. And it wasn't just the fights, one arc I heard people raving about was Boruto and Sasuke somehow going back in time. You get to see all the OG kids again, plus Jiraiya and Neji are alive. Now we end on a negative. Notice the common denominator of everything good? It all has to do with the old characters. Not one good thing I've seen or heard came from the next generation. Even the villains are a Sharingan user wanting to revive the Akatsuki or a Jiraiya clone. I know I've gone on quite the tirade, I just don't get the appeal of Boruto. Alright, that's going to be it for this month's bonus review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.